can say them back to me if you uh, have them inside your heart. You ready? One, two, three. Grace and peace. All right. Grace and peace is what we need. Grace and peace is, grace is the only thing that can do for us what John says in the book of 1 John that he's hoping we know. He's writing these things so we'll know that we have the gift of eternal life. That we don't have to wonder about it on our deathbed. That we don't have to worry about it this week when we leave from church and we're driving around. That we don't have to, that we don't have to be uh, iffy and, oh, I'm, 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 just, I'm just not positive. John says, I want you to know you have eternal life. And grace is the only way. It's the only way you can have that. And it provides great peace. And this series in 1 John that we're doing is called In Process. Because that's what we're in. We're in a process of being changed by God's Holy Spirit. And John gives us all these proofs, really, in the book of 1 John, that he says to you, you're living this way, you're doing this, this is happening, and all those things show you have eternal life. You should be confident of it. You should know. All through the book of 1 John, he's showing us over and over and over, you're in process. And that process shows you have the gift of eternal life. Process indicates movement. Process indicates growth. And our kids already did it, and you guys kind of did it once, and I'm going to give you a chance to do it one more time this morning. because We're going to, we're going to continually do this until... Uh, It's blazoned into our brain. So I want you guys to say this with us. Our mission and we believe that there's at least these four ways that we can do that and that process is walked. Some of you who maybe were gone, you might have been gone for a few weeks or gone during the month of September. We went through all this and you see throughout the building these letters, W-A-L-K. And they're there to remind us. They're there so people will go, what is this W here for? And what does the W stand for? That's right. And you bump into the A in the hallway and almost stub your toe. And somebody goes, what is this A doing here? And what does it stand for? Accepted. And, and then you come around the corner and here's the L in the classroom. And what does the L stand for? Love. And then you bump into the K when you're out here in the, in the fellowship hall. And what does the K stand for? And kingdom. If you have not heard these lessons, I, I really, I, you know, I'm, they're always there. There's, all our lessons are on the website. And you can listen to them. But if you have not heard these lessons and you're a member at Gateway, I'm asking really strongly. <laughs> I guess that's about all I could do, you know. I can't make you or insist, but I am very much encouraging and asking you to go listen to those lessons online or call our office and get the CDs if you play CDs in your truck or something like that. No member of Gateway should, should have missed hearing these lessons about our mission at the Gateway Church of Christ. This is our, what our elders, what our leaders have said. This is what we are going to be all about. So you need to, you need to know what we're talking about when we talk about our mission and when we talk about walk. So this, this whole process is helping us, as we read 1 John, to grow closer to Christ. So we're going to read our text in just a moment, and before we do, I want to pray, but I want to ask you to consider while we're reading, if I were to get a microphone from underneath here, if I were to pull a microphone out, and I were to walk out into the audience, and you know I have done it, and I might do it again, and I said to you, now just in your own words, in a sentence or two, what, 
What did that text say? What did that text say? I'm asking you to think about it that way. What is this text saying to us today? Let's pray. Lord, thanks for this morning. Thank you so much for our kids. What a blessing they are, God. I love them. I'm so grateful that you filled our church up with these little hearts. They're so moldable. I'm thankful that they're together in children's church right now and that they are being hugely blessed as they study and as they get to know you better, as they are being, uh, they're being led and taught and instructed by adults who love them and who love you. God, uh, we just want to pray today that you would, you would speak to us. We ask you to help our hearts to be open. Help us to hear your word brand new this morning. Those of us who've been reading your word a long time, it's really easy for us to go into sort of Charlie Brown's mom mode and just not even hear what you're saying. And we just we apologize, God. We ask you to forgive us. We repent this morning. Help us to sit up on the edge of our seat and feast on your good word today, God. And we pray, Holy Spirit, you would teach us. God, we just... Uh, we just, as our habit is, each week we want to pray for a different church in our town. And today I just, I just want to pray for the Episcopal Church. And I want to pray for Judy and for John and for the ministries that they do. And I want to specifically thank you, God, for their willingness to join us this week and help a, helping one of our members financially. I just give you praise that they have a heart to, uh, to do your work in this, in this community. And uh, we pray for their church, God, that today even though we know there's differences in their church and our church, we pray today that the gospel would be heard, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, and we pray that that message would not come back void. We pray that it would be the power unto salvation. And we pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ, and everyone says, Amen. So we are in 1 John chapter 2. You can either read along here or open your Bible there. 1 John chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 28, and we'll read down through chapter 3, verse 9. And now, dear children, continue in Him, so that when He appears, we may be confident and unashamed before Him at His coming. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of Him. Chapter 3, verse 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Everyone who sin breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that He appeared so that He might take away our sins. And in Him is no sin. No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen Him or known Him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one 
who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. It's a pretty long passage and there's a lot there. If I brought a microphone out and I said, now just tell me in a sentence or two, what do you think that said? I'm not going to do it, by the way, so you can all relax. But if I did, I can imagine that a lot of people, and I'll just start with myself, that the first thing that happens when I read this text, and a lot of people would probably say something like this. This text says, behave. Behave. Sin is from the devil. Do what's right. Right living is from God. That's what this, it's, a, it's telling us to behave. Telling us what to do. And I would say that's true. That is what this text says. But I, I just have to say this. Oftentimes, and, and I, maybe this isn't you, but, but many people that are, especially people that have grown up in churches of Christ and churches that are similar to the churches of Christ, Many of us, when we read the Bible, are looking for things that we need to change. We're looking for things that condemn us. We're looking for things that we are not doing right. We're looking for things that we are doing wrong. We are self-evaluating ourselves and almost self-helping ourselves as we read God's Word. And that is one posture and one good way to read the Bible. But it's not the only posture. And especially when it's the Especially when we overemphasize that and we think the whole Bible is about telling me how to behave. That's what the Bible is about. Because the whole Bible is about God. That's what the Bible is about. And the Bible is about that God wants to have a relationship with you. So if you actually went back and you kind of read this text slow and you looked through it, what you would find is what does this text say about God? What does it say about God? And you can look there in your Bible and you can see some of these things that I'm just about to point out. These verses that we just read say that God is righteous. They say that God is coming back. Five times in these verses that we read, in 11 verses, these verses say God has children that have been born to Him. Five times. That's who God is. A father who has children that have been born to him. As Brian pointed out this morning, this text says that God lavishes or pours out, backs a dump truck up full of love and just pours it over on top of us. He lavishes his love on us. This text says the world doesn't know God. It says three times that God has appeared and once that he's going to appear Again, And when he does, the Bible says he is going to make us like him. This text says that God is pure. This text says that God takes our sins away. It says that God has no sin. It says that he's destroying the devil's work. 25 times in 11 verses, God's attributes are mentioned. And this is what we need in order... I like that. That's a good one. Who is it? Sorry, I couldn't help myself. So whoever it is, I'm not even going to look that way. Don't mean to embarrass you. Just like the music. That's all I was saying. So, <laughs> and you can still go to heaven. God loves you. He pours out his love on you. If your phone rings in church, he lavishes his love on you. Okay, so 
This is what we need in order to grow. Our mission is to grow closer to Christ and encourage others to grow closer to Christ. Well, you know what we need? We need to read God's Scripture so that we will know God. That's why we read the Word. And some of you just need to be reminded of some of these things today. That God loves you. That God's pure. That God's making you pure. He's going to make you just like Jesus. Some of you need to be reminded that God has appeared and God is going to appear again. Some of you just need to be reminded that God takes away our sins, that He's destroying the work of the devil. Some of you just needed to come today to remember who God is today. And I hope you're encouraged to think about that. But what does this text also say about us? Well, this text says we are confident. And we are unashamed. This text says that we are born children of God. This text says that we're loved. It says that we will be made like Him, and we're moving forward in that process now. We are purifying ourselves now. So there's a process that we're moving forward in, and He's going to finish that process. This text says we have seen Him, and we know Him. And this text says something really important. It says we cannot go on sinning. We can't do it. Can't go on sinning. Three times in these texts, John uses the word continue. It carries the idea of movement in a direction. This is why our sermon direction, our sermon cards that are there and this slide that's behind me say forward. Forward in process. Because here's the deal, folks. I'm going to tell you a little secret. You are moving forward in your life. You are. I'm just telling you that you are moving forward in your life. The question is, what direction are you moving forward toward? Because you are moving forward. John says in chapter 2, in verse 28, a command. He says, continue in Him. He commands us, move forward in Jesus, in Christ. And he contrasts that movement in chapter 3, in verses 6 and 9. He contrasts it with people who are continuing, not in Him, but continuing to sin. Moving forward towards sin. Moving forward away from Christ. And chapter 3, verse 6, he really boils it down. And he says it plainly when he says, No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. Or no one who continues in Him, continues in sin. No one moves forward in sin who is continuing in Christ. And so what direction are you moving forward in? Is it toward Him? Or is it towards sin? Now this can be a little confusing. Because you may be thinking, well, I'm moving toward Him. I, I am moving toward Him. I I know Him better. I love Him more. I trust His promises more than I ever have in my life. I think about Him every day. I'm aware of His presence all the time. I believe. I believe in Him. I believe in His promises. I read His Word. I know that I'm accepted. I, I spend my life loving other people. And, and my life is really about the kingdom of God being first. But, I still sin. I struggle. I'm tempted. There's certain things I don't want to let go of and I don't want to give up. 
I am far from being perfect. Maybe that's the dialogue that goes inside of you. Well, John, you're saying I'm moving forward toward either him or toward sin. Well, wait a second. I, I, I sort of feel... I sort of feel like I could answer both ways depending on what the day is and what the situation is and what's happening in my life. And So I'm going to tell you a story this morning that I did not ask for permission to tell. And I was going to ask for permission and then I decided not to ask for permission because I thought that Wyatt might not let me tell it. So I just decided to tell it and get forgiveness later. <laughs> so here we go, Wyatt. Wyatt and I have known each other for over two decades and we've done a lot together. And I love Wyatt. He's one of my heroes. Wyatt and I have busted heads a few times, just disagreed with each other, been upset with each other. And so, let me tell you a story. It's probably been 15 years ago, maybe, something like that. And it was when I was still the youth minister at Gateway. And we had taken a group of kids, and we had gone down to... You remember the story I'm going to tell, Wyatt? You know. <laughs> Is it okay if I tell it? <laughs> so we went to Las Cruces to go on a youth, youth rally and there was uh, at least my, our van, the church van and Wyatt had his Snoopy van I think and there might have been another van there was a bunch of us that went down to Las Cruces and we spent the weekend down there and then we ate lunch when it was all over on Sunday and we got in the vans and we headed home and so I'm driving you know, to Rudoso and this was way back before we had cell phones or anything we were just driving and the vans are behind me you know and so we pull into the parking lot here, and everybody's at the church. And the reason everybody's at the church is because it was Super Bowl Sunday. And we're, we're watching the Super Bowl up here that evening. So we pull in, and the Super Bowl's just about to start, and all the kids come in, and all the parents are greeting their kids, and we're sitting down to watch the Super Bowl. And some of the parents came over, and they go, John, where are my kids? I was like, well, I, they're probably, they're just right behind us. They're who are your kids? No, I didn't say that really. But anyways, I, you know, I was like, uh, they're with Wyatt. You know, he's right behind us. He was just, he just, maybe they stopped somewhere or something, but they'll be right here. And they're like, oh, okay. And so we start watching the game. It is a great game and we're cheering, you know, in there and we're drinking Cokes and eating chips and having a good time in here watching the game and halftime comes up. And one of the dads comes up to me at halftime and he said, John, we are going to call the police. Well, I was like, Why? You know, I mean, you'd think a youth minister would make sure all the kids got back safe, but I was watching the football game, okay? And he said, because our kids aren't here. Wyatt hasn't showed up. And I was like, oh no. And I mean, we kind of spread the word. We were, we were concerned. And so we start, we called down to the church down in Las Cruces, and we sent some people from Las Cruces out on the highway to go find him. And then we called the hospital in Alamogordo and Las Cruces and here in Rodoso. We called the police in between everywhere and we're asking. And we're on the phone. We're trying to find out. Some people get on the highway and they start driving that way. We think he must have broke down. And while we're all scurrying around doing this, Wyatt walks in with the kids. We're like, oh man, I'm so glad you're here, Wyatt. What happened? Are you guys okay? He's like, yeah, we went to White Sands. <laughs> We went to White Sands. I mean, like you do, you know, you just, when you're on a trip and you're all together, you just don't all go together. You go to White Sands. And so I tell you that story for this reason. And it's, it's, it's a great story because, you know, it, it illustrates a lot of things that don't have anything to do with this lesson. One of them is it illustrates we can do ministry and not do it the same way. We can be our, the way God made us, the kind of person God made us, and, and we can be ministers uh, to, to the people in our community and the people around us. We don't all have to do it exactly the same. There's no exact right way. Wyatt loves teenagers, and he, and he was just 
being himself, and he was doing ministry. And I love teenagers, and I was just being myself, and I was trying to be organized, and he wasn't trying to be organized. And, and so neither one of us was right, although I was a little more right. So anyways, sorry. <laughs> okay, so anyways, here's the whole reason I tell you that story. There's a really, really important reason, because this is a hard thing to illustrate from this text, and I think this story illustrates it as good as anything. Because you guys know Wyatt, and you know the story I'm telling you, and I want to ask you a question. When we all left from Las Cruces, what direction was Wyatt going? He was going the same way I was. Any other answers? He was, <laughs> he was going Wyatt's way. Anybody know on the compass what direction he was going? He was going which way? Northeast. Thanks. I, I, was, I heard east and north. Okay, northeast. He was going northeast. Yeah, he was going, he was, he was heading home. Now, let me ask you this question. When Wyatt turned left and went out to White Sands, which direction was he going? On a compass, he was going north. West, maybe a little bit. He was going left. But I want to tell you that the answer that you know to be the truth. When Wyatt turned left to go to White Sands, where was Wyatt going? Wyatt was still going home. That's what Wyatt was doing. Wyatt was going home. There was never a question in his mind. There was never a question in the kid's mind. He was going home. He's still going to the same place. And the answer to where he was going is found not in his behavior. The answer to where he was going is not found in the needle on a compass. The answer lies in Wyatt's identity. Because Wyatt is a part of our family. That's his identity. That's who he is. And so he was coming home. Whether he made a detour or not, he was always coming home. Isn't that right, Wyatt? Thank you for not disagreeing with me about that. <laughs> See, and I believe this is the point that John is making that you, listen to me close, this is important, this matters. You are a child of God, born into His family, love lavished on you by your Father. You have seen Him and you know Him and even if you want to or you're tempted to or sometimes you do a little bit, you cannot go on sinning. You just can't. Wyatt could not have stayed away. If the teens had said to him, hey Wyatt, let's just live out here at White Sands. Wyatt might have been tempted to do that. Or let's go back to Cruces. It's a big city and it's pretty cool there. Or let's just go to Colorado. We're going north. Let's just keep going. Wyatt would have said, we can't go on in that direction. We're going home. And it's the same with you. Does sin distract us sometimes? Does sin hurt us? Does sin detour us from our mission? Yes. Does it worry and hurt the other people around us? Absolutely. But you can't go on that way. Because that's not who you are. That's not your identity. You're a child of God. And many of us have experienced exactly what I'm talking about. I'll give you a few examples. There are couples in our church that have 
been members of our church for years who have lived together, who were not married. And you know what? They couldn't go on living together and not being married. Do you know why? Because that's not who they are. They're a child of God. And so they said, we've got to get married. Because we, we just can't go on this way. Some of you have been addicted or you've been tempted with the same sin for a long, long time. And you can't keep giving in to your addiction because you know it's hurting you and your family. And it's not moving forward. It's not in process moving forward toward Him. Are you still tempted? Of course you're still tempted. You still struggle? Yes, you still struggle. Of course you struggle. Struggle is the whole point, folks. Struggle shows that you're moving forward. Those who don't know God, who have never seen Him, who've never experienced Him, who've never given their life to Him, guess what, folks? They don't struggle. They don't struggle. They just give in to the direction of the sin. That's the direction their lives move forward in. There's no struggle. But for you, yeah, are you tempted? Do you have certain sins that you struggle with? Absolutely. And struggle is the whole point. You can't go on that way. You can't go on sinning. And John tells us why. It's because the answer lies in your identity. Because you've been born of God. You're His child. And here's the deal, folks. When He appears, we are confident. We're going to be confident when He appears. We're going to be unashamed when He appears. And why is that? Because you have perfect behavior, so you can be proud and unashamed when He shows up because you have perfect behavior? That would go against everything John's been writing up to this point. Because you got an A-plus on the Bible test? Because you got the most stars for attendance at church? Is that why you're going to stand unashamed and confident before Him? No. None of that would do. All of that would melt away in the glory of His purity and His righteousness. All of it would just melt away. All of our good deeds. You're going to be confident and unashamed for one reason. Because you're His child. and You have been born again. And you have been moving forward in the process that He is doing inside of you. And so I hope you feel confident this morning. I hope you believe like John says he wants you to believe, that I know, I know I have eternal life because I'm His child. I know I have eternal life because I struggle. I struggle. And I cannot go on sinning. I know I'm His child. I'm confident. I know He's going to be faithful to give me the gift that Jesus paid for on the cross and that Jesus assured when He raised from the dead. So maybe today you need to, be, you need to move forward. Maybe today you need to ask for some kind of prayer to move forward in this process. Maybe you need to repent today. Maybe today's the day that you go, that's right, I'm struggling. And I'm going to repent again today. Maybe you need to take a step of faith today to move forward in this process. Whatever God has put on your heart today, child of God, 
You can respond during this invitation. You can respond afterwards. There's loving family ministers here. Wyatt's one of our shepherds. He's a great guy, even if he goes to White Sands when he's not supposed to. Let's stand and let's worship our God.